Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got a chance. Yes! He's done it! Wow! In your life! I don't know how you get much better than this. Oh, he just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside season two, episode seven of the Pelt Pod. A special guest joins us from Arizona where we get a look inside the daily life of a corn fairy tour player. We dive into the women's Olympics and the court of sisters. We talk all things honest Abe answer and debate the Stableford format on the PGA tour. It's episode 17 and it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's season two, episode seven of the pelt pod thumbs up all around here. Jamie Wilson in Hamilton, Ontario and Jacob Bishop, yours truly here in Arcona, Ontario situated just the two of us for episode seven season two this week, Ben Whiteside away, had some prior commitments uh, for, for the episode. So uh, Jamie, how are you doing? Doing well, my man. Um, that was a pretty good intro for you there. I liked, uh, liked the way you were rolling there. Um, did you get out to play this week or, uh, I, you know what, I, I, I didn't play last week at all between last week's episode and this week's, but I happened to get out today, uh, entertained uh, a couple clients out at, uh, the L London hunt and country club. So it's nice to get out to today, uh, scramble to get back in time to cut the pod here with you, but, uh, 418 tip. We played in three hours, 40 minutes, just the way you should be playing. Nice quick round. Uh, to be honest, a little rusty. It's one of those rounds, you know, Taking a couple of clients out, you trunk slam it. You, you maybe you know you're you want to talk a little bit more. You're not going through your routine. You start up nice little double bogey to start the round. But I clawed my way back, uh, sh shot one over. So it's a pretty good round, uh, all said and done. But um, but yeah, no. How about you? You play this week? I did. Yeah, I got out a couple couple times for uh, nine holes. Honestly, played uh, pretty piss poor this uh, this week. Um, little bit, uh, had a little bit of a meltdown today or no, sorry. Yesterday this was, um, uh -oh. on the first, on the first hole, West I, nine. West, West nine. nine. Yeah. Uh, I missed the green from the fairway from 125 yards and it ends up in the fescue around the bunker. Oh, yeah. Um, and the idea is that this fescue is going to be super wispy, but it takes kind of a couple years to get it to that point. So right now it's like this gnarly fescue around the bunkers. It's thick around the bottom root. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyways, so I, I end up hacking it out of here. Um, trickles to the, to the fringe and kind of rolls down into a little collection area. So now I've missed the green in three shots and uh, I proceed to grab the, uh, the head of my club, smack it against my golf bag. And uh, so I, I did that. Um, didn't think anything of it later. And I pull up my phone on the seventh hole, I believe it was. And uh, what do you know? I've, uh, I've got a crack in, on the screen on my, my phone. Now, luckily, it's on the uh, the back of the phone. Um, oh, you gave spanking. You spanking. So uh, probably not going to do that again. But uh, you know what? It's honestly fine. 
just a, a bit of a mini crack here, but it uh, it could have been a lot worse. And you long say, story short, there, eh? Yeah, no, no kidding. You say I, you say I've got a temper. Holy smokes, breaking the phone. You know, I don't I don't know if you learned anything from uh, Johnny Trevally and uh, and his thoughts on on the mental side of golf and staying positive out there. Speaking about Canadian amateur players on the amateur team, we got a a former Canadian amateur uh, team Canada joining us a little bit later on the podcast. Uh, we got Stewie Mac joining us. Yeah. Stuart McDonald. Um, really, really good to, uh, we just met him for the first time, obviously um, looking, looking forward to uh, letting you guys have a, have a listen um, on how his season's been going and uh, yeah, really cool guy to got to talk to. Um, I mean, he had a pint ready for the episode, so that's how, you know, uh, he's a stand up dude. Oh Yeah. I mean, Stewie's a guy we've been talking about quite a bit here on just Canadian performances on Corn Ferry Tour. So definitely sweet to kind of see his process out there on uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, look forward for forever, for all the fans to, to listen to that, uh, that interview there. I mean, another good week, though. I mean, I feel like every week we say it, there's just some great golf being played uh, on the PGA Tour, on uh, whether it's a WGC event or a secondary event, opposite field event. The Barracuda. LPGA. Yeah, the Barracuda. And then we had, again, we had Women's Olympic Golf this week. Did you watch any of it or no? Like I watched it. Definitely watched a little bit of it. But, I mean, the USA sweeping the gold. I mean, I know. I, I watched, uh, I didn't watch too much of the start of it, but I, I caught the last round, um, a good part of it. And I mean, tough with the time change to, to be able to tune in, but yeah, as you were saying, USA, um, sweeps both men and women competition, Nelly Corda taking home the gold. Did you happen to see the photo I posted on our, our pal pod story of, of Nelly Corda and Xander Shoffley caught me off so off guard of them <laughs> when, I, when I first saw that I was like, wait, Xander's still in Japan. Like, is he not playing the WGC? And then I realized <laughs> it was just like an awkward Photoshop. And I was like, what is going on here? But, uh, yeah, pretty cool for, for the Americans to sweep, uh, sweep that. And then, uh, silver medal. Yeah. Another playoffs. Another yeah. playoff, which is kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Monet and Nami from Japan yeah, uh, mm -hmm. took the took the silver over uh, Lydia Ko um, in that playoff and Lydia got the bronze there. Yeah. Do, do you know what something's crazy um, about Lydia Ko? And I, I saw this the other day and she's been out on the LPGA tour for what, five, five years out there? I would say she, at least, yeah. At, le at least. So here, and this is kind of might baffle your mind. Lydia Ko is younger than will zelatoris that actually is that is wild because i i know i've even said like man lydia's kind of like falling off the radar and it's like how can you really fall off the radar when you're how old is she like 23 yeah yeah and will z's like this up-and-coming kid yeah. <laughs> and that just goes to show you how good lydia was early early on right i mean that's actually feel like, that's actually wild yeah it's great crazy stat but uh i mean uh, kind of going back here though, just Nelly Corda, um, you know, away, away from the U S just sweeping it, just speak about Nelly's play. I mean, she's played all, fantastic all year. Unreal golf. Unbelievable. I mean, that's, that's now three wins or she has three wins on the LPGA. She's risen to number one in the world and now Olympic gold, like have a season, would you? Yeah. Um, and even wow. like we had Adam Stanley on a few weeks back and he was telling us how good, 
the LPGA players are. And I mean, Nelly's basically, she's the face of um, not just American women's golf, but I would say women's golf in general. For sure. I mean, you kind of, like, I feel like American golf, you obviously have um, Lexi Thompson, right? She was kind of mm-hmm. the poster girl for American golf. And then prior to that, like, was it Paula Creamer? Yeah. Uh, Natalie Gulbis, like yeah, and maybe Gulbis for different reasons, but yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. And I mean, well, Natalie Cordes is definitely t- taking Michelle. We would have been in that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And obviously, Michelle had some injury problems through the years and everything, and I mean, went to that wacko putting style. I mean, that, that's just something else. That's for a different topic, but <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's great to see. I mean, Natalie shot seventeen under at the Olympics. I mean, that's she's playing awesome golf. She's definitely the poster girl for American golf right now. And the fact that she, you know, she's got a sister who's right there with her doing it. And they just kind of create this like little tandem for American golf. So if you're like a, a young female golfer, you've got like two awesome role models right now to, to like look up to for America. And yeah. I kind of get the vibe that Jessica Cordra is like the more outgoing sister. And then Nellie's kind of more, more laid back. Like you saw it, like, when she came off the the 18th green there, like Jessica runs out and she's like dancing and Nelly's like, all right, stop embarrassing me. Like that's kind of the vibe <laughs> yeah. that I got from watching it. Well, she's got to get her TV coverage somewhere, somehow if her sister's stealing it all. <laughs> yeah. But she was like genuinely happy for oh, her, for which sure. is, which is really cool to see too. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, totally different scenario, but it's like uh, Brooke and her sister is that Brittany, right? Yep. On Kakati. I mean, Brittany's probably a little bit more outgoing. Brooke's kind of like soft-spoken and I just funny how that is, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to throw it there. 17 under for Nelly, 18 under for Xander. Um, kind of just goes to show you the course setups were kind of very similar for both the men and women's this week. So kind of like tip of the cap there for the Olympic committee and, and whoever was kind of setting up the courses. It definitely wasn't the PGA tour because everything was marked out there. Everything um, was marked out there. So yeah, that's actually a, like a really interesting point. And I think it goes back to even our very first guest when we had Russell Budd on um, president yeah. Toronto players tour, he said all the men, all the women, um, they have a senior division. They're all competing in the same um, purse. Um, and then he just sets up the golf courses differently depending on who's playing the event, men versus women, but they're all yeah. in the same pot. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting that they ended up uh, very one close. Shot. Yeah, one yeah, shot, one shot difference. difference. And Over I guess 72 it, holes. That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. impressive. But yeah, so, you know, what? tip of the cap, you know, I think, we, you know, we talked a little bit overall about Olympic golf last week um, and kind of what we thought of with the format, you know, Still, format was great uh, watching the woman, but definitely um, there's a way to spice it up. I know last week we kind of dove deeper into it, but definitely would be interesting kind of seeing how the course set up, shooting similar numbers to see like a uh, um, both a, a male-female uh, team par- partner event out there. Definitely for sure, because the women are, are they're, they're so good. So yeah. I, w- I, would love to, I would love to, to see more TV coverage of them playing with the guys and just be on that, you know, that next stage up when they're, when they're playing the guys they are going to get more people watching too. So, yeah. And I think maybe that's something the Olympic committee has probably already thought about for the next, next set of Olympic games, which is, which is in Paris. So uh, yeah, that'll be definitely something to keep on the radar. And I imagine they would, they would try and spice it up a little bit to, to get the viewership up. That's, 
I, I totally, I didn't even know that it was in Paris. That is, that's awesome. You that's know, awesome. I'm just, I'm just an, an encyclopedia over here. And while you, I did call you the Schwab, you are the Schwab. <laughs> but uh, yeah, do you want to branch a little bit off the Olympics and talk about uh, WGC FedEx St. Uh, soft spot for me. I had Harry English in my, uh, in my golf pool. So uh, um, t- tough Sunday for, for Harry. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you take it away to, to bring up uh, obviously the, the recap here of Abe. Yeah, so we had uh, Abe answer uh, making birdie on the the second playoff hole to uh, win over Sam Burns and Hideki Matsuyama, and uh, like pretty sneaky of him, he moves up to uh, sixth place in the FedEx Cup uh, standings, and Sam Burns up to tenth. So if you if you told me to list off some of the guys in the top 10, I probably wouldn't have picked Abe answer and Sam Burns and definitely not Sam Burns, but I think this is just super interesting. Just kind of a couple of things you said there. First off, it's another playoff. We have so many playoffs in the PGA tour this year. Like I, I feel like it's ever, it's like two or three events a month are going to playoffs, which See, is it's weird because not to cut you off there, but I think uh, there was like a stretch where we had no playoffs yeah. and now they're just like flying in seemingly every week seems like because everyone's just playing so well out there and there's so many guys just at the top of the leaderboard but the other thing is you were seeing familiar faces like these guys are playing awesome awesome this year Hideki he's a major winner this year he played well out he's in that playoff in the Olympics he's been playing really well so really nice to see because I mean Hideki for kind of felt like he fell off the rails for a couple of years and he wasn't up there and so it's great to see him playing well but Sam Burns I mean Sam Burns this year has played awesome. Obviously he got his first PGA tour win, but he's been up there a couple of times in, uh, he's had a couple of top tens this year. So it would have been, uh, that would have been a huge statement for him if he won, but yeah, it wasn't. You well, you don't get to the top 10 of the FedEx cup standings by not by playing consistent. average, right? Yeah, like exactly. You, you yeah. got to come top five a few times to, yeah, you got to get, you got to sniff in that. Yeah. You got to gather some points, but we, you know, Abe answer and the Dale trail, you know, we're, 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 we're too much for them. So pretty sweet to see, uh, for those that don't know, Abe answers, uh, caddy, uh, Dale, um, I'm what's his last name. James? I have like, no idea what his yeah, last name is, but it's at he's the Dale, Dale trail. trail. He's the Dale trail. He's the guy on tour. He's from, he's Canadian from Alberta. Um, he, uh, he does hot, hot dog reviews. Great follow on pork missiles. Yeah, definitely. Hashtag pork missiles. I love it. Yeah. So, so sweet, sweet to see a Canadian caddy uh, be on the bag for a win. Um, and then obviously Abe answer. He's got some of the sauciest hands out on the tour. Doesn't hit it necessarily that far, but he, I mean, he's. How he, underrated do you think he is? You know what? I mean, he's definitely or somebody. Who's, yeah. I definitely think he's a little underrated because he, this is his, this is his first PGA tour win. Right. So he's been, yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I don't want to say and associate him with Tony Finau, but I, I am for the sake that he's been up there so many times and he's had like, like not so many times, but he's played really well um, multiple times this year. Hasn't got a, got a win, but he's definitely not been out there for as long as Tony. So I think Abe's is somebody whose name is going to be up there more and been definitely talked about more now that he's actually got a win under his belt. But I mean, you know, if you're not just somebody who golfs and you're a golfer and you follow the PGA Tour and you're a listener of the Pelt Pod, obviously, um, you, you, you know who Abe Answer is, right? For yeah. sure. But some people might just be coming to, to get to know him. But he's been out here a few years. He's played really well. So it just, I definitely, if you're, if your answer, answer, sorry, if your question here 
Is it is Abe answer underrated? I would say yes, definitely. You? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I kind of also think it's it's dependent on who you're asking because if you ask, I think the, the bigger golf fan, they might say no. This this guy's been a good player for for a yeah. few years now. Yeah, no, for for sure. I I saw a little video on him earlier uh, this morning of him in Mexico, like the range he hit on. Did you happen to see that at all? I didn't see it. No. And like how they picked up golf balls there is like a, a stick with like a, a ravioli can on the bottom, screwed at the bottom, and they had to pick it up like one at a time like that to put okay. in the basket. Yeah. And but like just showed like his his dad grew up at this club, and his dad would you know finish the round, and then they'd go in for drinks and be there for like two hours. So he'd just be chipping and putting for two hours, and that's kind of I think the story where a lot of these young guys they just got they were stuck at the golf course a long time, and they just were those guys who just grinded out there as juniors and chipped and putted all the time. And, and that's how, that's how you get good young. Right. And that's what can, you know, converts into a good amateur career and gets you good at the game. No doubt about it. Um, we kind of hit on Harris English a bit before, but him oh. and Bryson and that final pairing just could not get anything going. Um, back nine struggles. What, uh, what do you take away from those two? That crushed me. Like I, I, I got Harry, Harry on uh, on my one uh, fantasy golf uh, league that I'm in, and I had two really bad weeks to start off the year, and I'm now went move from 12th to fourth, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna move into the top three. I gotta move into the money. I got Harry winning this week, and he just has this terrible round. But the thing that kind of I saw and um, kind of just what happened after the round, um, obviously Harris was a little. He said he he felt like he was rushing a little bit because they got put on the clock him and Bryson because Bryson takes so long. And so he, he felt like he was rushing out there and, and I, that could have cost him Bryson putting him in the clock and playing slow, got Harry out of his rhythm. And that you, you could really chalk that up to that cost Harris English, a, a PGA tour tournament. And then after the round, uh, he had say an interview with uh, Amanda Balionis, um, and she tweeted out, uh, that, you know, he didn't have to do this interview. Right. But he right. did, but you know, heat of the moment, emotional Bryson probably wouldn't have taken that in- interview. Right. Um, but definitely Bryson's slow play definitely impacted uh Harry English and led to some of the struggles he had out there on the golf course. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I saw some of the comments after the round where he said almost in between shots and kind of walking from uh one green to the next tee almost felt like he was like semi jogging. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, it is, it is interesting. I think ultimately there needs to be something better in place to determine um, if one guy is causing the slow play yeah. versus another. The other thing too is I, I never really understood this, but whenever like there's a long ruling for a group um, and then that group falls out of position time-wise, like, how do they not take that into consideration? Like, if there's like a five minute ruling and you have to wait for an official to get there, and then next yeah. thing you know, they're going, your group's out of position. It's like, well, you have to take it and in, take into consideration that they just had to go through this entire process of a, a ruling sure. that may be not as standard as some of the common ones. And that's why that's happening. 100%. Um, the player who's not going through that ruling gets impacted by the result of the penalty. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like if we're going to go it happens all the rabbit, time though. Yeah. And I feel like if we go down this rabbit hole here and talk about it and, and slow play in general, 
like if like i think the way to increase well let's have two different talks here one would be the pga tour one would be just like average player i think on the pga tour if you want to speed up the players you need to make individual penalties not group penalties that there i think would start to increase the play because in this case harry english now doesn't have to run it's not his fault he can c- continue to play. It would be Bryson DeChambeau who's getting a penalty. And maybe that's going to speed him up because it's you might start seeing more of these penalties. And if they're going to get thrown out more often, players are going to be more aware that it's it's a factor because we don't see a lot of slow play penalties. Yeah, so I think, I don't know. I just don't think like you should ever have to be like rushing between your ball. It's ultimately what how they determine a penalty is once you get to your ball and it's your turn you have x amount of seconds to hit the shot yeah um so like so it doesn't really make sense to me why you would have to like semi jog in between your shot about the shot at hand and if you hit the ball and i mean for lack of a better term complete the task of hitting the ball on time then you should be fine so for those players that don't and who can give the guy a slow play penalty let that guy learn from his mistake but just him not the group Give him a penalty, and he and then he will learn that he needs to speed up. Because you start handing them out more, and people understand the consequences, right? It's like a little kid eating Cheerios and throwing them on the ground. Like if you tell him no early, he's probably not going to do it. He'll he'll stop doing that. But if you just do it once in a while, it's not going to stick in his head, right? And then so, if we go the the whole other rabbit hole, you get the guys out on the at the country clubs playing like it's the PGA Tour and not playing, you know, just ready golf. And that becomes an absolute headache. These guys who shoot, who just break 80, but think they're the PGA tour players. No, see, I think the problem with your recreational golfer um, with, with slow play is they're never ready to hit. So they're not like getting ready while someone else is playing their shot. And then just little things like not knowing where to leave your bag, like at the green, just, stuff drives me insane man a hundred that pisses me (laughs) off the most i'm like i i don't i'm not the kind of person that like yells at someone from the fairway but like i'll say to like the person i'm playing with like what on earth is this person doing like do you not have a clue right now and you see it like so often right yeah i think that one just absolutely just rustles my jimmers is, is where you leave your bag leave your bag at the exit zone like if there's one thing you can do as a player is learn where you're going to enter a green where you're going to exit it and then if you're carting with someone it's okay you got your club and putter okay i'll loop around because you're the one hitting i'm hitting it after so then the transition time you should just just get you just need to get that that was extra four or five seconds over the golf ball not feel so rushed because then there's nothing worse when there's nothing worse at all when you're following one of these groups and then you see the guy have to like quickly jog to the other side of the green and then run across the green like okay man like what are you doing? Like, I, even though it's only 10 seconds, first world problems, it's still like, come on, man, ha- have an idea out there. Have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get too far down this, uh, this rabbit hole here. Do you have any other, uh, final takeaways from the, the FedEx no, St. Jude? No, obviously, uh, we had uh, one Canadian playing this week in the, in the St. Jude. It was, it was Corey Connors. Uh, Corey had, uh, you know, another solid week, I would say, um, but, you know, we obviously would love to see Corey more at the top of the leaderboard. Cause we've seen it so many times already, but a solid week T 36 is can't be too disappointed. Um, long flight back from Japan. Yeah. Long, exactly. Long, kind of, Keying up on some more Canadian performances, though, Jamie, we had a couple playing the Barracuda Championship. 
We did, yeah. So uh, Eric Van Royen won that event, not a Canadian, but uh, yeah, he won that event just as a quick side note. Um, our Canadians, we had Roger Sloan finish in a solo sixth, uh, Taylor Pendrith, T13, Michael Gligic, T59. Uh, interesting format they, they play in that event. They, uh, they play a stable third format. Uh, many, many of you are probably aware, but that's, uh, if you're not, that's, uh, a point system, um, scoring system, I guess. I mean, that, yeah, we'll, that's we'll terrible get English, that. but yeah, we'll get, yeah. get into that a little bit, a little bit later there, uh, in our damned, if you do damned, if you don't segment. Another Canadian performance, uh, we definitely would be remiss to, to not acknowledge our nation's Club professional CPGA, uh, PGA of Canada national champion, um, Riley Fleming, someone I know, Jamie, you got to know kind of a little bit on, on the McKenzie tour, Lupin. Yeah, Flemmer's, uh, he's a good dude all around, um, kind of did everything the right way. I actually have a good story uh, about uh, when I caddied for him. I didn't like caddy for him consistently, but uh, on the weekend, one, one time in Kingston, I uh, picked up his his bag for the weekend. Cause he just carried for the first two this rounds. A, I'll try and keep it, keep it brief here, but basically um, he, so he asked me to caddy for him on the, the Saturday. I was like, yeah, no problem, man. Like happy to do it. Um, and he, so we're staying, I'm not staying with him, but where I was staying was probably half an hour from the golf course. Yeah. And uh, I lost the keys um, or the keys were, there was miscommunication, but it's going to have the keys. And, uh, so I didn't have the, the car keys, keys. I, the car, car keys. Key. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, the car keys. So I was like, Oh my God, like I have to caddy this dude and I don't have keys and I'm half an hour away from the golf course. And this is like, like Uber is a thing, but it's fairly new. Um, and in this area, it's not like super populated area of it's not like in downtown kingston or anything yeah not a lot of ubers basically right and so i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do man like and i didn't even have flemmer's number i'm like sending him a message on like instagram or something i'm like uh dude i don't know if i'm gonna make it but like he's not getting these messages because he's he's warming up on the range right and yeah. he just tells me yeah just just make sure you're there half an hour before and we'll be good to go so then I don't know, for whatever reason I remembered, I'm like, oh, the host hotel of the tournament is like, I don't know, maybe like a kilometer and a half down the road from where we were staying. And they have a shuttle bus at the host hotel. Holy good and thinking. Like, oh, I don't know why this came to my head, but then, um, so I'm like, okay, how do I get there? <laughs> so I start like jogging down the road. It's like 30 degrees out. Um, I get to the host hotel and like other players that are like playing in like the final group and stuff, the last few groups, they're like hopping on the shuttle and I'm like, okay, I need to get on like the next shuttle. Like, and they're, they're probably like, what the hell is this cat? You need to get on the shuttle for one here. So I end up getting to the course, like 12 minutes, probably before his tea time. <laughs> and he's like on the range and he's, he's like, not freaking out but he's like where the hell is is uh wilson he's supposed to be caddying for me and i i basically end up telling him this story like as we're walking down the first hole and he was like oh man but it, it all ended well because he ended up shooting like i think 66 holy smoke point. you know what that's hilarious the commitment the commitment you could have just been like oh fuck here. You know. i'm not damn 
80 bucks in an uber ride to go 30 minutes for you know but you know good for you good on you this shows some true character wilson thank you it means a lot to me <laughs> but anyway yeah, yeah congrats to him for uh for winning yeah. that so. i actually I got flemmer's uh i still have because he flemmer used to make those uh yardage books out in his hotel room right the, the like covers, ones. Yeah. yeah and and he, uh, i bought the last one he had uh at the that's what was it highlands for the tour championship highland yeah yeah, Highland Country Club up there in, in in London. Um, so I still have that. It's my yardage uh yardage book cover. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, put your hands together and let's welcome our guest this evening. He's a Corn Ferry Tour member, including four top ten finishes this season. He's a Vancouver, BC native. He's alumni of from Purdue University. He's a former member of the Canadian National Amateur Team in 2016 and a current member of the Young Pro Squad. Please welcome Stuart McDonald. So, also, before uh, we get too far, do you go by, like, Stu, Stuart, St- Stewie Mac? Like, what's your... All those, I don't know. All There's the no... above? Yeah, all, right. all the above. Well, when I was walking out of Hunt today, I, I went <clears> into <throat> Brett McIntosh. If you know Brett McIntosh, Stewie. And, uh, he, and he called you Stewie Mac. So yeah, Brett, Brett played for Michigan. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Stewie Mac, Stewie Mac. Okay. Stu. Cool. I, I just didn't know. want to say something that you don't go by. And then you're just no, like, no, no, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I the guy in, uh, in, oh my gosh, who was it? We, in the BMW played with, um, Matt Hamilton. He was a U.S. Olympic curler. Finished. They, they beat Canada in the gold medal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he had his he had his ball marked. It was the funniest thing. It was like something like something sixty nine like, like classic. It was just <laughs> like I'm playing a TaylorMade like whatever sixty nine. I was like, nice, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like an M- an MSN name back in like grade four. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, before we get too far. My first question for you is uh, I'm a pretty big college hoops and college football fan uh, and you went to Purdue. So what is that rivalry? um, Indiana, Purdue kind of like. It's got to be one of the best. Um, The games that I've been to at Purdue are so hostile, so much fun, so loud. Uh, Mackey arena at Purdue um, gets insane. I think it's good. I think I know. I'm pretty sure it's one of the loudest arenas in the country. Um, and so for that, for the IU match, IU games, they're just so much fun. A lot of fun to be at. That's sweet. So I know like Purdue is probably more of a, a basketball school compared to a football school. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you got out to some football games and it's a pretty, pretty good atmosphere as well. Yeah. Yeah. When I was from my Maybe one of the four years I was at Purdue, we had a decent football team. I think we might have gone 500, but I mean, the games are pretty weak. I mean, I went to some games where there'd be like 5,000, like oh, yeah. maybe 8,000 people. And it was, that's just, that's not acceptable. <laughs> and we were pretty bad. So, um, but, but there were a couple of games that were a lot of fun and a couple of upsets, but we're getting there. We're trying to, it, right, I think that's, that's a, right. is that a common theme for Canadian golfers to go to schools that their football teams aren't that good? Yeah. <laughs> Funny, we, my sophomore year at Purdue, we hired Kent State's 
coach because okay. they went like when he was coaching they went like 10 and 2 or something like that um so we hired him and then he was absolutely awful for us for like four seasons three seasons welcome <laughs> to good. the big 10 right yeah um, yeah I guess just kind of branching a little bit off that, how does a how does a kid from Vancouver end up uh, at Purdue in Indiana uh, for yeah. for his college career? Yeah, so I did my last two years of high school um, in Florida, okay. and so I got to know the Ledbetter family really well. Um, James Ledbetter, David's son, is one of my best friends, and um, David knew the director of golf at Purdue, Devin Browse. And um, was kind of able to, David kind of was able to get me like a walk-on spot. So I played in, you know, eight rounds of qualifying um, my, my freshman year and did all right and made the, made the team. And uh, so originally you were just kind of a walk-on with, with no guaranteed kind of. Yeah, it was like, it was kind of a weird, uh, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't like, cause I wasn't like recruited really. So okay. I was kind of just like placed there and kind of given like a chance yeah. um, now did you have so, like other offers from other school schools or would you just say yeah yeah a late bloomer you, and just yeah it was definitely yeah yeah definitely a late bloomer um had some good results i think um like pretty much the spring slash summer going into uh first year um so kind of got some offers late uh like louisville was an offer um a couple of smaller smaller division one schools but um yeah i just kind of trust trust you obviously trusted your game enough that you you know you wanted to take that chance to go to a a better school sure yeah no it ended up working it couldn't have worked out better i mean um school was great golf was great um we got a new coach my second year so i was with rob bradley three years and he's he's the best he's amazing um and kind of turned the program around so it was like awesome to um to have him as I a happened coach to stumble across your instagram the other day and you made your way, way back to purdue you're on the short game area there i think was that what a week ago two yes. weeks ago yeah yeah, yeah. So, so you're comfortable with just going there as much as you can you love being there for sure yeah i love being there um rob is the coach me and, him, me and him are boys um that would be one of the best facilities in the country in terms of golf. Uh, two Pete Dye golf courses right on campus. Um, they're both unreal in unreal shape. And then the golf facility itself, like the practice area, like really good wedge area, big putting green, uh, big range. There's a track man, there's a GC quad. So honestly, anything you need practice wise is there. What, what so do you prefer? Love- GC, GC quad or track man? Um, you have a preference? It's going to be, it's going to be a track man. Yeah. I, I've done, I've done a lot of research. I've been looking into it. Yeah. I was going to buy one of those uh, soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know yeah, the guys so- here in Toronto at TXG are huge GC quad guys for dad. Dad. I don't know if that's just an indoor outdoor thing just for picking yeah. up the, the, the stats, but, uh, but it seems that everybody's got the, the orange box <laughs> in the range. For sure. Yeah. Super common and, and helpful. The GC quad is really good for, club face data through the yeah. ball so obviously like you know face angle and path are really accurate more accurate and consistent than track man yeah. but 
the distance numbers that GC quad gives you is like a normalized calculated number. Yeah. Obviously it doesn't track the ball. So it's just kind of guessing how far it's going. Yep. And I found, and other people find that like that number is a little juiced. Yeah. It's a touch far. Um, so compared to like the track man normalized numbers, which are a little more accurate. Yeah. it gives you that option. Obviously- track man gives you that option. Yeah. And then obviously, and then be able to track the ball, track the ball and get that kind of data is, is really good too uh yeah even going off that like are you a big big numbers guy and like track your stats and like where it can help you improve or do you kind of like use any sort of program that that does that for you i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a big numbers guy uh i would say i'm a pretty average average guy in terms of in terms of looking at numbers um so you're not will zalatoris out there with decade (laughs) no but i do look I am aware of decade and, and what, what it's saying on, on certain holes. Like a lot of my, my, my friends will have decades. I'll be like, Oh yeah. Like, what do they say here? And it's usually aligns with, with what you know, my style of play or whatever, but, but yeah, having those, having those devices like track man in terms of practice, like it's it's a huge, huge help. Would you say most guys on the corn Ferry tour have their own track man quarter of the guys probably. Okay. Maybe even a third. It's a lot of money in track bands. <laughs> They're expensive. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, with like whatever the discount is for us, <clears throat> it's still 17 grand. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. And that's U- USD, right? Yes. Yeah. USD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's deep. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah. <laughs> you better play well if you're going to get one of those. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like Louis Oosthuizen's got to go out there and win money because he's got to pay tractor bills. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, right. you know, it's all relative. Yeah, yeah. it's all relative. Exa- exactly. For sure. So, for sure. So, so kind of your your first step out into the Corn Ferry Tour, though, um, Stewie. Yeah, that was in 2018. You got status, um, and it seems you know you struggled a little bit that season and failed to keep your status. Um, do you think, in, in hindsight, maybe some of your experiences from that season helped you kind of where you are t- uh, today? Because it seems you know. This year has been, been been fantastic. We keep seeing your name up uh, at the top mm. of the leaderboard. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think like at whatever le- level you're playing at, you need to get comfortable um, at whatever yeah whatever level you're at. And for some guys, that takes a little longer than others. And some guys, you know, feel comfortable and confident immediately. Yeah. Um, for me, obviously, it took a full season out there uh, out here yeah. to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. You know, got a lot more comfortable um, throughout the season, and and uh, I think just being there and, and seeing the golf courses and and knowing what to expect, yeah, um, makes a huge difference. We always like kind of talk about it a little bit too, but even like as a young professional, just knowing how to travel, um, I imagine that makes a, a pretty big difference for for you and a lot of the other guys too, like where to stay, where you're eating. Um, just everything when, when you're going to practice, are you going to play mm-hmm. nine holes, 18 holes, you name it. Exactly. Um, yeah. is, did that stuff kind of, was that a bit of an eye opener or maybe not an eye opener, but, um, just something that you learned how to do over the course of time? Yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, like in 2018, when I was playing, I was getting, well, I was missing every cut, but like I was getting there Monday, probably playing 18 Tuesday. I was probably playing 18. So I was playing 36. Yeah. of practice rounds um and then also playing like 12 13 weeks in a row yeah. um that's just not a recipe especially if you're not playing well that's just not a recipe for you know giving yourself the best chance <laughs> um 
so the, I think, yeah, that's, that's a big thing this, this year for sure. Like, like even this week, like I'm getting there Tuesday afternoon. Um, I have played there. I have played Omaha a bunch of times, but yeah. Um, just like finding ways to conserve energy. Like you don't, it's not like physical energy. Like you're not tired, but it like it, you know, you get mentally yeah. exhausted playing a lot of golf. Just draining, um, right? Yeah. So going I think across you, different, be, yeah, going across different time zones for sure right you know i mean <clears throat> you know, you're, you're behind some 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 weeks and you're ahead some weeks so for sure. um you know some some of the uh, the listeners might not know what you, you kind of took the i wouldn't say an unconventional route but you went the pga tour china route so how different was travel on that kind of if we're going to take another step backwards here um compared to the corn Ferry tour were you going across time zones at all or wasn't an adjustment when in 2018 when you got out kind of a bigger yeah bigger area with uh, in the u.s in terms of time zones, it's almost like going to China is different, but like within North America, like the three hours, just, I don't, I don't even think about it. Like I just look at my phone and it says 10 o'clock, like probably going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's iPhone time, right? It's still... Yeah. But uh, China was, I don't even know what it was like 13 hours or something, <laughs> but yeah, like you'd, I think it was, you'd leave, I'd leave here Saturday and I'd get there like Monday. I think it's how it worked. I don't know, but yeah, for sure. Like the, the time change, uh, the travel, the travel obviously going over there was a lot. Um, obviously a long flight, like a 13, 14 hour flight. Um, and then obviously like getting around to the tournaments, not speaking any English, no one speaks English over there. Uh, you're trying to figure out what train you need to get on, like bus, it's completely there, but did you do that like all by yourself? Like, were you with anyone? Did you have any other buddies kind of tape playing the PGA tour China? Yeah. Or yeah, were you yeah, just... sure. Okay. So you yeah, weren't just like winging uh, it all on your own. I'd be lost. I mean, there was a I'd be couple times, a couple of times where you got to fend for yourself and try and figure it out. But um, yeah, we had, um, there was maybe like 20, 25, 30 American guys playing. Um and a couple that spoke, couple couple U.S. guys that spoke, um, can't Cantonese, I think it was or Mandarin. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, those guys, no, those guys like saved everyone because they obviously knew they. I mean, they they could speak, so they could speak it. So they were a huge help. Without they were those getting guys, your rental. Been, were you doing like they were getting your rental cars and your hotels and whatnot? Just everything. Oh yeah, no no rental cars. Oh, okay, we didn't we didn't have to rent cars over there, but. That would have added an interesting element. <laughs> yeah. That would make things kind of kind of neat, though. Like, it'd be like somebody tries to come up and talk to you. Be like, no, 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 that's the guy over there. You want to talk to him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, him. exactly. All the stress off you. I know. I know. There what about go. the? I'm curious about the food. Like, was it, it? Like, was it culture shock in that aspect of it? Like, yeah, you're a um, West Coast guy in Canada. You probably seafood. A little bit of seafood. Yeah. So every hotel we would stay like a major like we stayed like a Hilton or like, or a Marriott. Yeah. So they would like at the restaurants, at the hotels, they'd have like an American menu. So they'd have like a burger fries. Uh, yeah, that's about it actually. And then <laughs> Chinese food. That was the fallback. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd have like, just have a burger like six times a week, five times a week, burger and fries and salad. Actually uh, not even salad, burger and fries. Yeah. Uh, and then like some places it would be like there wouldn't even be that option at the hotel it would just be like straight trying like aggressive aggressive chinese food you're probably not gonna eat 
Um, and we just go to McDonald's every day. Oh, geez. So no, some weeks, some weeks I'd come back and I'd lose like five pounds and some weeks <laughs> I'd come back and I'd be like 12 pounds heavier. <laughs> I, just on the place. <laughs> I think we can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Well, I think I just had the largest order I've ever had at McDonald's. Well, I was on the phone with Jamie prior to this when I left the hunt club. It's easy to do though. You go there and you just, you dump 20 bucks on four different meals. <laughs> For sure. It's easy yeah. to do. I was just going to say, so you regain your, your corn fairy status, the 2020 extended season here. Um, and you kind of get on a run um, a few weeks back where you post four top tens. Was that, is this just knowing the golf courses, knowing how to, travel everything um compared to maybe your first go around on the the corn ferry um or did you find you just got hot and you just kind of rode the rode the wave of uh, momentum um i think just overall as a player and a golfer i'm way better than i was in 2018 um what specifically Stu? do you find that you're just just rock solid every just everything like my swings better i drive it better putt it better i wet i wedge it better i, I just it was um, obviously it was like a big learning experience. Twenty eighteen, I didn't have like things weren't uh, you know I might, I might not have been ready for that at that at that point. But um, but just yeah, I'd say every aspect of my game is better and and like I'm like like mentally um, way more prepared to play in golf tournaments. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good process, uh, like technically and and mentally taking the, the right steps to get better um, for a while now. Um, so I think it's just a culmination of a lot of things, just, but I'm better. I'm just yeah, better. No, for, for just sure. simple. Do for you, sure. uh, do you kind of hang out with the other Canadian boys, uh, Pendy, Spenny, um, who else is out there? Silverman. Like, are you kind of playing your practice rounds with those guys? Sure, or? Yeah. 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 Me and Taylor play a lot. Uh, Taylor and I are undefeated in, uh, practice round games. Wow. So that's, what a, that's a big what, thing. We've never lost. <laughs> just hustling nice. the rest of the tour. Uh, yeah. 100%. What is, what is a, uh, a practice round game look like for you guys? What are you playing? Team, uh, is it team it better ball? Yeah, we'll do like just 10. Yeah, two team best ball. You normally, um, and then normally birdies on top of that. Our best, we've had two, we've had two games against uh, Curtis Thompson and a uh, guy named Kevin Roy. And, um, We've absolutely just taken their lunch money every time. And Curtis comes and hot. Curtis comes in high. He's like, yeah, boys, let's play a, let's play a hundred, 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 uh, twenty dollar birdies. And uh yeah, let's just let's, let's do it. And then <laughs> sewer them. I love it. It's so much fun. There's there's nothing better starting off a week like that. Oh, there's nothing better. Hustling the hustling the boys, a little bit of banter for the rest of the week. Yeah, so good. But yeah, yeah, me and Taylor play. Svenny always goes off super early kind of does his own thing um but plays early so me and taylor usually end up playing often and a couple other guys uh just kind of even going back a bit further who who was on the national team uh when you played play oh amateur team yeah yeah sorry yeah because you're on the Um, young you're on the young pro team now right yeah um i was on the am team with blair hamilton okay yeah yeah, i know jared jared dutois hugo um eric banks was on the team yeah and then uh joey savoy and uh chris Casola. Yeah, no i was just gonna say that's a name i haven't heard for a little bit just jared's name there and just i remember walking uh canadian open at glen abbey uh, we final group that year with uh 
who was he in the final group that year with? Was, yeah, Sneds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Unreal. That was yeah. so cool. I remember watching that on TV, and I remember watching his his shot in eighteen. I often ask Jerry about that shot in eighteen because I just remember like that is so cool. Just lace like a high cut four or five iron there. <laughs> have like twelve feet for eagle. I was like, wow, that is amazing. I can't imagine like the adrenaline yeah. pump in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of going back like- to Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so you're currently sixtieth on the points. Um, I like we had Gligic on before, and we asked him about the FedEx Cup and whether he tracks it or kind of runs through any scenarios in his head and he kind of said he doesn't um is that something you do or or not really definitely aware of it like yep. when i was okay. whatever 125 i don't know eight ten eight weeks ago or whatever like you're obviously you know you need some good weeks to to get in top of that 75 or 25 or whatever you're looking for but um but you're also like so focused on doing your own thing like just you know, like generally just trying to get better at golf. Like for me, like that's just, I'm trying to do, that's all I really care about. Like I just care about trying to get better every week and whether that's through practice or, or like, you know, reflecting about the, about, about the rounds. Um, so you kind of get so engulfed in that, that you, you kind of lose sight of, you know, your ranking. Yeah. Um, so that, that your move up in the ranking just, you know, kind of happens, ends up just happening on its own. Um, yeah. without, you know, so you're just trying to yourself stick into the, too much stress. Yeah, you're kind of just trying to stick to the same process then kind of week in and week out. You're not trying to yeah, do anything sure. extra special. You know your game. If you just do what you're, you know, you've got planned out that it's you know, things are gonna kind of take care of themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The results just kind of like a you know, just like a byproduct of just trying to try to improve for me at least. Uh, it seems I feel that, like that was like the most cliche thing you just asked Bishop. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it, it, it kind of is though. I know. But, and and you know, I feel like my response is like cliche too. Like, <laughs> but it, you know, it's, like you, but it's like, that's just, it's just how it is. It's true. Walk with Derek Ingram at uh, the Canadian open at Royal Montreal. And and then we had uh, Johnny Trevally on the other week and, and we, uh, we grew up with Johnny at uh, Hamilton kind of saw him as a junior. Yeah. It just seems like that the golf Canada program, and just kind of seeing how much he's matured over the last like four or five years, it seems like the golf Canada program is just, I mean, we hear that, you know, golf Canada dragons and what that's done to change golf, uh, Canadian golf, but they just, the mindset, I think is the, a huge thing here. Just with what DI says, stick to the process. You guys have mental, mental coaches. And even I just picked up off Johnny last week. Like if you, if you tell yourself you're shit, you've now really said it three times. You thought it, you said it and you heard it. Right. And mm-hmm. it just, I, I feel like, every kid who has kind of, you know, gone through this golf Canada program just comes out so much more mature and aware of that. Sure. It is, it is a process. And can you, can you kind of speak to that? Like what golf Canada no, being yeah. part of the amateur team means to you? Yeah. Like you nailed it. Um, I think like that whole like mental side of the, of, of golf and, and like maturing as a golfer, like that's where guys like miss the step, I think like to really advance your career. And I think like take it to the next level like all the guys out here on the corn fair doing all the guys in the tour, like they're, they're really working on like their, themselves and, and um, you know, they're, they're like refining their process. I wouldn't say I was, was lost when, you know, before I was in the program, but I just wasn't aware of like that side of golf and like that, how, you know, how important that is in, um, in just getting better. Um, but yeah, they've been huge. Derek's Derek's an awesome coach. He's so good. Um a mental coach as well so we kind of have we just have resources to to take advantage of and and use to get better and um 
quick and being question. part of that program, they kind of get guys started early. Quick, quick question on that mental coach before we comment on what you said. Is it because I've seen Mackenzie comments on it? Is it Doctor Too Good? Yes. On Twitter. Yes. Uh, she's from like Winnipeg. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Adrian. Yeah. 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 I think Mac. I think Mac and I don't. I think Mac and Corey are still still user. Yeah. I've seen tweets and then I, I hit the follow button. I was like, yeah, if anybody needs a little bit more mental stability in the golf game, it's probably (laughs) me, but, but no, I mean, it just seems that like everybody who comes out, there's a plan, right. And and DI is such a plan guy and it kind of, it just kind of speaks volumes that everyone kind of, you know, listens, catches on it and sees how valuable that is. Um, I I was quite surprised um, just speaking with Trevally and seeing how much he's matured just Mm -hmm. over the last few years and, hearing some of the things he said yeah he's gonna be good i was just gonna say um like generally some of the guys on the the young pro team you got you guys kind of get this this opportunity um with the canadian open golf canada rbc getting getting those kind of exemptions obviously we haven't had it the last couple years i mean you you'd probably be a guy that may benefit from from one Mm -hmm. of those exemptions um had the tournament happen but um, correct me if I'm wrong. You have not played a Canadian Open. Have not. Okay. No. So I mean, obviously, you you keep your status on the the Corn Ferry Tour and potentially move up to the PGA Tour next year. You're gonna have um, that opportunity. Sure. So what what uh, what does that kind of mean to you? And I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but right. Um, it's it's got to be something that that you kind of envision down the road. Yeah, no, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I was in, a, I lost in a playoff one year. Uh, like I put like five or six holes. I don't remember, but uh, I remember I burned the edge like four of the holes and it was so unfortunate, but it would be an awesome experience to play in, in our, in our tournament. I think just, you know, experiencing the crowds and all that love would be, would be pretty cool. Yeah, I know I've I've seen it kind of firsthand, like going going to a few different Canadian Opens, and I mean the crowd is crazy, like just rallying around the guys. Um, All the Canadians. Someone who who gets gets a few under par early, and yeah, next thing you know, you're a household name, and you've got sure. uh, the the nation cheering for you. So yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Hopefully out there next year at St. George's. For sure. Stu, have you played much Ontario golf? Us being from Ontario here, or um not really um that monday course heron point or heron point. yeah okay um, i worked there as a kid <laughs> nice i played uh i played good is it goodwood yeah okay yeah that's, that's, a, toronto that's a treat that's a treat um toronto golf club the national well you're playing the good ones anyway there's one more it's not good but it sounds like that kind of coppinwood Coppinwood, yeah. And then uh, Lambton. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't know what year that Canadian M was, but Lambton and what other one? Weston. Didn't you Weston? play in that, Bishop? Yeah, I, pl- yeah, I played in that. Yeah. Those are yeah. awesome tracks. I love I love both of them. Yeah. Th- thank goodness I uh, I bogeyed the last hole at the Ontario Am or else I would have been on the Willington Cup team and I <laughs> missed the cut at the Canadian Am. <laughs> so I was kind of happy that Ontario got represented with a better player. So Who was on the Willington Cup team? Uh <laughs> Probably. That year, yeah, that, was, that would have been uh, Josh Whalen and uh, Elliot Whitley. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Uh, but but yeah, no, you, you know you you played all the good ones here in Ontario. Um, there, Lampton's awesome. Weston, I remember playing Weston that week, and uh, that practice round, the pins were in spots you couldn't even keep the ball in the hole near nice. near, near the hole. They're like rolling at thirteen. But 
the national the nationals the one i've never played it you get beat up there or how do you play i think i've played there three times maybe three or four times i think 74 is my best score definitely some 79s 81s in there yeah it's it's got some teeth for sure yeah it's so good so just kind of going back to the the corn ferry tour um just speaking about the competition uh you know jamie and i speak about this all the time just how good the competition is now on all tours it's just not you know the corn ferry tour and the pga tour just going down to pga tour china uh, mckenzie tour even down to the tours the professional tours we have here in toronto players tour there's just you know mm, competitions out on so the corn ferry tours like minus 20 and sometimes even pushing minus 30 and the cut being minus five minus six minus seven in, in and around yeah. there can you just kind of speak to the competition at each level kind of um and maybe some of those guys who've been along with the ride with you there <laughs> um yeah all, all the fields are really deep um i think if you're winning or if you're finishing the top 10 on the corn ferry tour you're probably pretty close to sniffing the top 10 and you know just your regular pj tour event yeah really deep especially this time of the year the last five event four events scores have been the cuts have been six or seven and you gotta be shooting you know 27 28 to win which is ridiculous yeah um but yeah just it's a lot of good golf for sure a lot of good golf and do you just do you go into a week like thinking i need to shoot a certain score or do you kind of feel it out as you go because these cuts are so low does it almost feel like a monday qualifier a bit um round one it doesn't feel like a monday qualifier um you kind of just you know you're you're playing with what you got uh on that course which you know obviously the score is going to be low the golf course is probably pretty easy greens are soft and and fairways are probably wide so you just kind of go about your business and, you know, you end up, you know, shooting five, six or seven, you know, which on an easier golf course feels pretty, feels pretty easy at the time. But um, sometimes on Sundays on courses like that are super easy where you need to shoot five, six, seven to, to even move at all, you know, on the leaderboard, it does feel like a Monday qualifier. And that's where it gets tough when you, when you feel like you need to shoot a low score. Um like Springfield, Illinois, whatever that three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was like, I don't know, 40, 40th going into Sunday. And, you know, if you shoot, if you shoot six or seven, like, you know, finish 20th or whatever, that's a big difference. But yeah, at know, that point, uh, it's almost worth kind of taking on a few more risks because if you're 40th going into the day and maybe some of those risks don't pay off and you end up 50th, it's not that mm-hmm. big of a difference but whereas if the risks do pay off you get up to 20th you get more, more points, points more dollars everything that goes yeah. with it um uh, so i imagine that's kind of a sunday um kind mentality. of routine yeah mentality sure. for, for some of the like guys a, it's a fine line because like yeah you know then you start you start trying to make birdies and then there's no you have no chance of making birdies you know yeah, yeah. so you just you, kind of, you, you, you know what you got to do but you can't force it you kind of just gotta let it happen and yeah it's tough it's tough it's, for sure. it's, 
sticking to the process, right? Like we yeah. said here earlier, stick sticking to the process even on Sunday. Despite yeah, exactly. what despite yeah. if you're your 40th or your your top five, you gotta gotta stick to the plan there. Um yeah. just wanted to comment. I mean, we saw Jamie and I have talked talked about it all the time. It's like snakes and ladders out there, right? Just getting to the next level and staying there, kind of from McKenzie tour to Corn Ferry tour up to PGA tour. Cause it seems like any guy from any tour can go out and play on the PGA, could be out there on the PGA tour. It's just yep. about getting status. And uh, I could just got wanted to maybe you to throw your thoughts out because we kind of saw it firsthand with uh, Mito P- Pereira, um, Pereira advancing yeah. The, yeah, advancing it. And he kind of, you know, our point kind of, I feel like it gets proven there. He goes out and he finishes t- top five. And then um, I think his first event back out in the PGA tour and then in Olympics as well, he was in that playoff. Was he using, using that playoff? He was in the bronze. playoff. Yeah. 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 So, so, so that's kind of where, you know, we think that any, you know, any of those guys in, on the, on the corn ferry tour week in week out could be competing for for a w on the pga tour yeah for sure at least at least you know the top for sure like top yeah. 25 top 30 even top I would, 40 guys for sure you know like obviously not everyone's really good but th- for sure it's deep it's it's deep and a lot of guys can shoot a lot of scores and if you're playing good golf you're playing good golf it doesn't matter what tour you're on you just yeah. kind of you see what you got to do and you, and you go do it you know if you're if you're playing good golf at least in a normal season where you're playing you know, 22, 24 events, it, it doesn't just take, I mean, it does take just one week, you know, a win, a win doesn't secure your top 25 card, but like, you're really close. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one or two good weeks and, and you're there and it can come out of nowhere, which for a lot of guys, it does. Um, do you have any other like cool stories that stick out from your, your playing career? Um, like doesn't even have to be related to golf, like maybe something in China, some sort of culture shock, anything. I just say that he, he probably had some shock when that, uh, cause not just TV coverage by a uh, golf channel um, and the PGA tour, but also what uh, the purse size is next year out on corn Ferry tour. We excited when that got announced. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving up to seven fifty, I think minimum. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, I think the golf channel just signed a new or a, a deal with is it NBC Provider or producer um, was renewed this past year or this year coming up. So then they got way more money. So I think um, they're going to make our purses bigger. And I think the PJ tour purses are getting bigger too. Kind of, sorry, I kind of cut Jamie's question off there, but the, the any of the cool yeah. stories, not non, non golf related, but it's gotta be something. Tough down the spot. I mean, there's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got some, he's like, oh, how, how bad I, I he's like, know. he's like, should I tell this story right now? Yeah. Um, it's a good one. Um, I was playing in, we were at nationals in college and we're playing in Kansas and I don't know what round it is, but um, we, I don't know where we went the night before, but I have the shits and um, my coach is walking with me and I'm not playing very well. So it's kind of on my ass. Like he's kind of pissed. And uh, <clears throat> I've got like an emergency. Sh- I'm having a shit attack. I run, I hit my tee shot on the next hole. I go behind, there's a TV tower behind it. It's like the 14th box. There's a there's a TV tower behind the 13th green. Run behind the TV tower. Do my business. I've got a pin sheet in my yardage book. Pull out the pin sheet. Come on. Discard of that behind the uh behind the TV tower. Run back up the fairway to meet my coach in the fairway. And then and you were just like, playing yeah. for middle middle of the greens because you didn't have he's the, like, yeah, the whole yeah, locations like, for the last yeah. four. It's like, where's your pin sheet? I'm like, uh, coach. It's uh, it's in the bush behind the 
the last screen. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. See, that would would suck if you're like if you're playing really well and you can lose your pin sheet but you're like you're like yeah. ah i can just like to get me to the clubhouse right now i need to be out of here <laughs> yeah just middle of the greens that's where we're going that's good that's fantastic um yeah. Stuart, it's just been awesome to to kind of you know follow your season so far this year you know you're, you're playing great we hope that you continue to to have success out there and stick, stick to the process and, and play uh and, and get mm-hmm. some some more top 10 top fives and uh see where the season takes it we're we're rooting for you here on, on the pod we got to you know our whole goal here on the pelt pod is highlighting some canadian golfers and them sharing their story and and we're we keep on you know it's been nice we've been been able to give you a shout out uh for quite a few weeks uh here because you're playing well so we hope that for sure for you. uh one awesome. more week of um regular season here on corn ferry and then into the corn ferry tour finals events finals yeah yeah nice, boise boise columbus and then uh uh victoria national and that's and top top 75 right top 75 guys yeah okay so yeah um i don't i don't want to jinx it but i i think you're good you're not going to move down too far yeah no uh, we're good we're good in, in this last week so yeah. uh yeah hopefully uh you play well we'll see you on the golf channel and uh we'll be be rooting you on yeah perfect cheers thank you thanks buddy yeah. okay guys see thanks dewey appreciate yeah. that yeah good to meet you guys Episode seven, season two, damned if you, damned if you don't, a controversial event that we discuss uh, on the Pelt Pod each week here. We saute it, we chop it, we cook it, we barbecue it, we steam it, we slow cook it, we roast it, we, 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 do, we do everything to it. So the controversial topic of the week here is the Stableford format on the PGA Tour. Like Jamie mentioned uh, earlier on in the episode uh, here, that's a, it's a point system event, uh, you know, zero points for a par. Um, if you make bogeys, you get minus points. And if you happen to make birdies, you get a point. It's just a different event. Um, and do you love to see a different event, like a Stableford event on the PGA Tour, or are you a naysayer? You don't like it. Jamie, we'll let you take the stage. You're first up this week. What are your thoughts on the Stableford format for the PGA Tour? You know what? I, I kind of like it. I mean, I wouldn't like it every single week, but I like it once in a while. I think we, we kind of talked earlier in the season how WGC Dell match play was an event that you kind of get up for and you're like, wow, this is different. Like this is exciting. I could tune into this. Um, Obviously the Barracuda is not the same because it's a, it's an opposite field event of the the WGC St. Jude, but it's something different. And I think that's because they're, they're a second tier event doing something different to kind of spice things up is going to bring viewers to their, to their event because people want to see how, how things play out. Um, additionally, I kind of like how, I mean, a bogey is worth mi- minus one and a birdie is worth plus two. So if you go bogey birdie, you're, you're actually getting, getting one. Yeah. You're getting one point. Whereas par. if, if you go par par, you're, you're staying even. So it kind of rewards guys um, being aggressive and kind of going out there and trying to make birdies. Um, so yeah, ultimately my two points are, it's something different that we don't see every week and it rewards guys playing aggressively. And that ultimately brings excitement to the tournament. For sure. I, I, I get your point there. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. We don't have, uh, uh, Benny on here, um, this week to, to kind of kill the tiebreaker, if you want to call it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Stableford. It just doesn't get me excited. 
I know we like different format events and we say that, and I kind of sit on the, on the fence here and I'm like, you know what? It's an opposite field event for the week. And then you have guys who are may not normally be getting a PGA tour start. So then they want to go out there and kind of play a normal tournament, something they've played all year to get status, but they don't have status. I, I get that. So earn status and maybe you're not playing that event play, play better. Hashtag play better. But um, so like, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I, I think I would be, if you were getting all the top players there in the world, I think it would be definitely more exciting. Um, but as an opposite field event, Stableford, it doesn't do anything for me. Like I, to be honest, I didn't really watch any of it um, th this past weekend. Just doesn't get me excited. Just doesn't get me excited at, at all. Um, I definitely think that they could slide in maybe another team event, um, perhaps as an opposite field event at some point um, to, to maybe get some more viewership up or a team match play or something. But I'm, not, I'm just not a huge fan of Stableford. I know when uh, Stableford tournaments are at like, you know, your home club, it's not something I get excited for and want to go out there and play, even as somebody who I would say makes more birdies than the average player players still doesn't really get me too, too excited. So I don't like it. Not a big fan of it, but kind of to your point is you say, maybe throw in another team event. Like if you're, who's going to watch a team event, which with a bunch of second tier guys. Right. Um, but I would also say, I don't know. You have to look at it from the, the tournament and the tournament Business. committee, their yeah. perspective. If they just run another standard Obviously. tournament, yeah, I don't think it excites anyone, right? So them trying to do something different, I always am, I will always be on the side of um, kind of respecting or I don't know if respecting is the right word, but agreeing with someone trying to do something different. 100%. That, that's not out there right now. Yeah. Um, to try and grow viewership, grow the game, whatever it might be, um, hey, especially for a secondary event. I think it's good because you're right. You are right that as an opposite field event, how do you get people excited trying something different? And I think it's, you know, I think it's obviously better than, than the alternative of having every opposite field event just being stroke play. So it is something that's different. I think it might get the players more excited. It'd be interesting to ask that question to, to someone like Gliggs um, you know, if he, you know, what his thoughts on, on that are, um, about, uh, about the Barracuda championship, uh, Victor Hovland, uh, has some thoughts on that. Yeah. I don't know what my thoughts on that, uh, on that are stay off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Vic, but, Vic, no, Vic, like Vic. even to your, to your other point, I, I get that this would actually probably work really well with one of the better fields in the, that you get yeah. on the PGA tour um it would maybe I think that's would. yeah maybe that's something they they look into as well I'm just say because you could, could go one way if they if they had another event that's stableford with the best players in the world then maybe that's just the one stableford event that people get excited for and not the barracuda championship but maybe the players say you know what this is the week i'm taking off because i don't care about stableford yeah but some of them so. might say you know what i love this i'm gonna go do it and yeah so you probably get a 50 50 split and yeah. half are agreeing with me and half are agreeing with you exactly and is that a risk a pga tour wants to take because then the barracuda championship if the consensus is stableford sucks and everyone's well, like the tournament committee at the barracuda is like shit that didn't work work out well in our favor but <laughs> i mean we'll uh we'll have to leave it up to the fans here we'd love to uh to hear what you guys have to say we'll throw that up on our instagram story do you like the stableford format on the pga tour is it something that you're just not a big fan of
diving into our picks recap for the WGC FedEx St. Jude at TPC Southwind, Jamie Wilson, myself, takes home the W with his audible last second, Daniel Berger, DB straight vibing with a T5, and Victor Perez, who didn't do anything for me, but he was he was there on the team supporting cast. Hey, he's he still cashed a check. Yeah, it was a no-cut event. <laughs> I know, but he still cashed a low check. It's it's all right. Anyway, um, second place, Jacob Bishop with a team, um, his main man, Jordan Spieth, T12, and Bobby Mack, he's up there again, T15. Solid playing from him this year. And uh, Ben, he, he got his uh, Olympic bronze medal, and he's uh, fallen right right back down to the back of the bus. He had Dustin Johnson, T10, Matt Jones, T51. You know what? So I any got a any couple... comments on that? Yeah, I definitely have a couple of com- comments. One, I'm, I'm actually quite happy. I think, uh, you know, most weeks, the T12 and the T15 might get it done. Maybe not in a field that's, you know, only 60 players. 66 year. players. Yeah, 66 players. Uh, then the other comment I had is, good on you going with your gut feeling, Daniel Berger. Who do you have slotted in there again prior? I had I had Louis originally. and That's I, right. Uh, I swapped him out because I saw Berger had uh, won this event uh, tw- two years in a row. I think it was 2017 and 2018. So, you know what? I'm a big uh, horses for courses guy. Wow. There's a courses Good. for horses. Whatever. I don't works. know what your thoughts on I don't, that are. Totally. You know what? Well, you didn't take Louis last week, but I see the name on the board for this week. Who are your picks this week? Yep. Uh, this week at the uh, Wyndham Championship, last week on the uh, regular season schedule here. Um, and we're in the playoffs before the playoffs playoffs (laughs) playoffs you kidding me um (laughs) gonna win a game first yeah i was gonna go with uh louis and actually but uh he's a last minute withdrawal here so i'm uh swapping in hideki matsuyama and uh my sleeper i'm going with a canadian boy who's been playing well um he's i think i want to say he's 131 on the uh fedex cup so that maybe fact check me on that here. Um, but he needs a big week here to get into the top 125 and make the playoffs. That's Roger Sloan. I'm fact checking you. We're doing going to do this live on air. Fact checking Jamie Wilson. He's pretty good. He's, he's, he's the Schwab. 131, number 131, Roger Sloan. So he needs Pre- a big week, right? Previous week, 137. So he's trending in the right direction. Um, so. I'm second on the week here. Um, picking this is, I mean, we talked about it before. This is such a Webb Simpson event. <laughs> Somebody who's, 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 who's won here before. Um, kind of an unconventional, unconventional pick for me, but I am going to take Webb Simpson as, as my guy. Um, and then a name that I haven't really seen up on the leaderboard um, too much this year. A guy who's just got probably one of the sickest names in the world. Uh, I'm going with the most American name. Going with Doc Redman. Love it. Um, You're you're definitely right about this being a a Webb Simpson type of event. It's kind of a risky play, in my opinion, because Webb has not been um, his normal self this year or as of late, I would say. But you know what? If you're a big guy who believes in um 
someone plays well at a specific course, sometimes you just get those vibes when you get to that place and well, you, everything falls in line for you, right? Well, that's what happened with you last week with Daniel Berger. So, you know, in Berg, Berg trying to take fighting. a page out of my book. Well, you know what? I shouldn't be taking a page out of, the, out of your book with, uh, um, you know, that I'm, I'm ahead of you still in the season long race here, but, uh, I'm just, I just want to look something up here on the kind of us team rankings, Ryder cup. Cause I feel like this is a good week for uh web because webs hasn't, you're right. He hasn't played that well. Um, but also just qualifying for, um, the Ryder cup. I know webs, uh, yeah, he's sitting here in 13th right now, 13th spot. So he's probably kind of fishing for a captain's pick and he's somebody who's played on the Ryder cup before. Uh, multiple times and good veteran presence out there. And, and this would, this might be kind of like his last kick at the Canada Ryder cup, potentially, you know, another four yeah. years from now, these young guys that are playing so good and there's so many of them. Yeah. That's so, definitely a valid point. Like this week, a place that he traditionally plays well, and then going into the playoffs, that's what his opportunity comes down to. So yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, speaking of kind of Ryder cup, um ben's picks here he's he's going with captain america patrick reed um, holy we'll see how popular of a pick that is <laughs> and his sleeper he's going with hv3 harold varner the third any thoughts on that uh, you know what i love the captain america pick by ben here it's someone that like you just hate picking i mean when he gave sometimes you got to pick with your brain and not your heart i a hundred percent a hundred percent that was me with webb I'm not a huge Webb Simpson fan, but, there's, there, but I don't dislike him, but it's just not somebody I love, but sometimes you just got to go with your brain and, you know, and your gut feeling. So what are your thoughts on that? Those picks? Yeah, I have, uh, I have no issue with them. I mean, I mean, I like my picks better, obviously, but uh, I think that's why you pick your guys and you always like your picks. So not to, not to be too cliche. Honestly, um, I liked my picks last week at T12 and a T15. Like most weeks, you feel like that probably could get, get the job done. I think the trick is with these insider picks is if you can sneak into the top 10, you've got a really good chance at winning. Really good chance. Like a really good chance. Like I mean, I had T12 and T15. Those add up pretty well, but those extra little bit of, you know, that extra little bit of money. The money's That's top heavy, man. It is. It's top heavy. And yet you, you got to make it some good picks. You should, you deserve to win. That's a great pick. I'm in T5. Thank you. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. You're far too kind. I mean, anyways, uh, any final takeaways uh, before we get out of here? N- you know what? Nope. I, uh, I'm definitely looking to, to get out and play some more golf uh, this week and, and get the sticks going. I know us here in the pelt pot are, are ear. We've got a, you and I have a game uh, lined up here uh, ne- next week. Uh, we'll be cutting so the pot. Eight. Uh, so looking forward to that and, and playing around. Um, but Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, thanks again to uh, Stuart McDonald, Stewie Mack for, uh, for joining us on uh, this week's episode. Um, again, guy had a beer in hand when he, when he came on our zoom call. So you knew he's knew he was a stand-up guy and I uh, can't thank him enough. Yeah. And just kind of side note here. Um, seems like we're getting a lot of poop stories on the pod here. Uh, funny stories from the, uh, from the tour. So, you know what? Just bear with us. I think it's just hilarious because, you know, out there on the golf course when you're walking and uh, I mean, we see it all the time on Instagram where the guys walk to the portage on and walk out of it. The fans are heckling them. So it's got to be tough out there. You know, the guys are trying to stay fueled out there and, and, and poop happens shit, like hashtag shit happens. So, you know what? <laughs> I think we're going to go pelt pot hashtag shit happens. Those are with our stories. So thanks again, Stewie. Uh, thanks, Jamie. Um, great, uh, great Monday night spent with you here talking. Um, so 
from uh, from here on the Pelt Pod, signing off from Arcona and Hamilton. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out for Season 2, Episode 7 of the Pelt Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at Pelt Pod. We'd love to hear from you. See you next week for Episode 18. <laughs>